what is it that we're resistant to? Because generally when we talk about resistance, it's about our growth and developing ourselves as clinicians. So when I talk about developing us as clinicians, I'm talking about taking our own selves and the way we do business, the way we see people in clinic to the next level. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, and welcome back to Mentoring with Geraldine, the bite-sized podcast. Today, I thought that we'd have a look at resistance, resistance and what we do and why we do things and why we put things off. So resistance can be something that we need as much as something we want to avoid. We can resist things that aren't good for us. So someone offers us drugs, we resist it. Someone offers us a piece of chocolate, we might not be so resistant, although it is in its own little way, a drug. When we're resisting, understanding our resistance, because generally when we talk about resistance, it's about our growth and developing ourselves as clinicians. What is it that we're resistant to? So when I talk about developing us as clinicians, I'm not talking about the next great course, the next modality, the next new learning. I'm talking about taking our own selves and the way we do business, the way we see people in clinic to the next level. By changing what we do, we change everything about us. If we want to implement, so when I implemented coaching techniques into my business, I actually found it to be one of the best things I'd ever done. So I started out as a nurse, as I'm sure many of you know. And as a nurse, it's quite prescriptive. You have very little time with your client. You hand them a prescription and you say, off you go and fill that, go and do this, go and do that, goodbye. As a naturopath and nutritionist and herbalist, I was doing that. And I wasn't really gaining the results that I wanted. I wasn't finding the underlying issue. You know, I'd see them three times. I'd pretty much sorted them out. And then they'd say, okay, I'm fine. I don't need to come back. And that's great. That's really great. But you know, I'm, I was getting the results on three or four consults, but then I would see them because I live in a smaller town. So I would see people and then say, oh yeah, I've got this now, or I've got that now. Yeah, I'm seeing um, I'm, the doctor sorting it out. And yet when I'd looked at what those problems were, if I'd spent more time with them at the beginning, spent more time changing their lifestyle, helping them develop a better lifestyle, a better diet than just prescribing, if I'd spent time talking to them and understanding them better, then they would have got a better long-term outcome and better long-term result. And that's why I did the coaching course. Now, within the coaching course, it was a year-long coaching course. It wasn't a weekend course. And we had exams all the way through it. It, was, it wasn't a, you know, an American style 
extravaganza. It was, you know, there was learning, there was books to fill out, there was books to read. It was a, a full-on proper course. And we got to practice as well and we got examined on how well we did. But lots of the things that I hadn't really envisaged and I hadn't thought about was using metaphors and using metaphors with my clients so that they understood better what I was saying so that I was relating it back to them and how they felt. So the big one within hypnosis is, you know, people say, I just feel like it's weight on my shoulder. So one of my hypnosis techniques is to spend some time emptying, you know, getting them to drop the stones out of the backpack they're carrying and it reduces their load while they're under hypnosis. I do that. But for that metaphor, while you've got a person sitting in front of you that you're not doing hypnosis with is to say to them, you know, when they say, oh, I just feel like this huge weight on my shoulders. So you can reply back. What would it feel like if you didn't have that weight on your shoulder? How would your shoulders feel? Making sure that you use those metaphors. Now, when I started out and I was just prescribing for the person's illness or their, their problem, I would miss that side of them because I wasn't asking those questions. I wasn't asking the bigger question around their overall wellness, about their body habitus, about, you know, I'd ask about their sleep. Oh, my sleep's fine. Okay. You know, you've come to me with a headache. Let's just sort the headache out. You've come to me with whatever it is. Let's just quickly sort that out. And we'd get it sorted out. But I wasn't addressing the deeper underlying issues. And then I started sending my clients home with homework and we started getting that greater understanding of their underlying issues. Um, I stopped asking for all their information before they came to see me. I stopped saying, you know, I need everything before you get here. I started saying, okay, next time I see you, I would like to see this diet diary. Next time I see you, we will go through this set of questions. Next time I see you. And by doing that, I encouraged those changes and they come, oh, I really couldn't, you know, I couldn't change the number of alcoholic drinks I'm having per week. When you see someone three times, they're just going to, yeah, 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 I've, I've reduced the drink. But when you start to know them and you've built that rapport with them, by the time you get down to, you know, um, appointment five or six, they're willing to say, well, actually, I am still drinking in the week. And I know you said that I needed nights off alcohol, but I haven't managed any since I saw you in that first week. So that's when you can say, okay, you haven't managed any alcohol free nights. Why do you think that is? What is it that's holding you back? And that's when they will come up with the metaphors of, oh, I just feel there's this weight on my shoulders. And so, you know, it feels like I've got all my family are sitting on my back. And that's when you try, okay, so what would it be like were you to let that go? What would it be like if you were to sit up straight now and we were to imagine you dropping that load and you don't need to be a hypnotherapist to do this. So, you know, if you were to take that backpack off your back and lighten that load off your shoulders, how do your shoulders feel now? And by working with your client over a period of weeks and months, you slowly get down to the deeper underlying issue and you begin to find those things out and they begin to shed them and they begin to grow. And with your support, they begin to improve overall. 
until they get to a point where they say, well, actually, I'm really well. I don't think I need to see you. That's great. I think that's amazing. Good on you that you feel so well. You don't need to see me. But let's book you in for you know, a month's time so that we can have a catch up, we can have a refresh, and we can see how things are going over the month. So next time I see you, I'd like you to bring me, you know, the week's diet diary. And by not leaving it too long, because initially you want to see people fortnightly, then I spread it out to three weeks, and then I move it to monthly. If someone says to me, you know what, everything, and I do have a few people who are like, there's, you know, they literally work their lives on spreadsheets and um and then no no i am absolutely fine i don't need to see you well i need to see you every three months as a minimum i'm not prescribing any more of anything unless i've seen you to evaluate what's going on and the majority of people are absolutely happy with seeing me every three months to make sure that we've evaluated how they are how they're going what changes have occurred because changes will occur in a three month time span we need to know how they're getting on. We need to know what their struggles are and if that weight on their shoulders has come back again. We need to ask them those relevant questions. You know, we need to ask for feedback from them and we need to ask, you know, if they need or we need to offer them support. We need to offer them that help for change. But we need to make sure we're getting that feedback both from them about our capability as a practitioner and how we're supporting them, but their feedback on their own self, their physical feedback, their mental and emotional feedback, their spiritual feedback, if that's where you're coming from as well. Because we really want for them to, you know, not only recuperate from that original illness, but also rejuvenate. We need them to get that vitality back or to reach that vital state where they have the resilience to maintain their wellness over time. And so spreading out their appointments is fine, but we have to have them on an even keel before we can do so. And we have to make sure that they know what we're capable of doing for them and how we're capable of helping them. Someone might come to see you for a migraine or a headache. And then you sort that out over, you know, a couple of months period and they slowly back off from seeing you. And then you see them at that three monthly one. They say, oh, yeah, I was doing really well. And then I got a cold and I went to the doctor and I got antibiotics. And then after that, something else, something else happened. And it's like, why didn't you call me? Oh, I didn't think you could deal with a cold. So we have to make sure that our clients understand that I personally don't care for people with cancer. I, you know, I 100% believe 150 a million, as my daughter used to say when she was little, that we do everything. If you've got something that's life-threatening, you do everything. So you do the allopathic and you do the naturopathic. So you start eating all the good foods, but you take the chemotherapy if that's what's offered, the surgery if that's what's offered. But you do the good stuff on the side of that because it's complementary. And if you do both, I'm pretty sure I haven't got the research paper in front of me, but I have 100% convinced I've read that those people who do better are those people who do everything, not just one thing. They don't limit themselves. And you become open, you know, they start to meditate, they start to relax, they start to learn, they start to understand, they start to eat better, all of those things. Now, I don't look after those people, that isn't my area of specialty. 
but it's the same across the board. If a person was then to turn around, my clients turn around and say, oh, you know, I've been diagnosed with cancer, I would find them another clinician to see them. You know, even though they've been diagnosed by the doctor, I would say, right, I need you to go off to this other naturopath or this other herbalist who works in that area because there's a lot of research. There's a, a lot of understanding of drugs and medications and hormones and all of that. And you know, it's not my area of interest. So although, I mean, I have worked in it, I worked in it as a nurse, which is probably what puts me off it. That's probably a resistance in me having worked in the area as a nurse and and that I work from home. So it's not necessarily the energy that I want in my home. So what is your resistance? What, you know, just like that person with a weight on their shoulders, is that your weight on your shoulders? What is your resistance in business, in life, in what you're doing and what you're headed to do? And what is it that you want to achieve maybe in the next few months, maybe in the next week, maybe in the next six months. So all of the things that we need to look at are to do with our resistance, but we need to think, can we recuperate, rejuvenate? Can we get that feedback? You know, is it a positive feedback loop or a negative feedback loop? So, you know, with our massive and perfect action, we need to think about the whole journey and the whole journey of our client and how we can put our client on that journey with our support and maintain that supportive journey with them. So I hope you've enjoyed today's Bite Size podcast. Please make sure that you review me on iTunes if you're enjoying it, share it with your friends, comment all the other things and join Strictly Education and Support if you're not already a member. And I look forward to chatting with you all very, very soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.